Happy Hump Wednesday to everyone. You're rocking with Queen City Polly. I am Brian O'Neill. And I'm Coach K. And we are the number one podcast for polyamory and ethical non-monogamy and all other sites, sorts. Damn, I fucked up already. <laughs> all other sorts of bullshit out there we will talk about. We're not afraid to talk. We'll talk about it all. Right? Right. Yes. So what we usually do, we do a little quick recap of our life over the week. How's your life been? It's been all right. A lot of uncertainty in the air. Yeah. How far you want to go into that? I don't know. So, everyone, if you're in your cubicle or you're in your car, go ahead and start clapping your hands right now because Coach K is quitting her 9 to 5 job. Not as exciting as before, I guess. Uh, no, it's just scary. Yeah. So we went in with the intentions, like, you know, because I get paid on a, a pretty decent schedule as far as, like, I get paid once a month. And so we live together, for those of y'all that don't know that. And we've been trying to get Coach K to quit her job for the longest. And mm-hmm. finally, she's pulling the trigger. She's going to be done June 15th. Yeah, it's Friday. June 15th. So after that, you'll be a full-time podcaster, basically. Sure. <laughs> Dog trainer, podcaster. Podcaster, writer, philanthropist. Philanthropist? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that kind of money. You do it all. Oh. So the funny thing, though, because I'm like, yeah, we'll just, uh, we'll just eat off of my paycheck while, you know, you figure out what else you want to do. And then... A day later, I find out that I'm getting fired from my job. So, <laughs> uh, it's not as funny as it seems, but... We'll have an interesting summer. Yeah. Um, remember, when we got into this relationship, I didn't promise you it would be nice. I said it would be interesting. So Is that what happened? Yeah. Okay. I think people should do that at the altar more. Like, mm-hmm. to love and the whole, like, fuck all that bullshit, like... I'm just going to promise, like, whenever my kids are like, Daddy, why don't we have these things? It's like, I didn't say it's going to be nice. It's going to be interesting. Mm. We've got to get creative. Yep. You know? So that's all we got to do. Get creative. Um, so, by the way, if you start seeing the ads on this motherfucker, that means we're broke. And we're trying to <laughs> generate somebody so that our AC works and that our dogs have food to eat. And then we can eat spaghetti all the time. That'll work. That's a morbid way to kind of start the show, but um, we're ha- we're happy people, and plus we're intelligent. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we're we're terrified and excited. Yeah, it's, it's a good, good time. It's all good. Yeah. Uh, anything else on your end that happened? You know, um, I just want to remind everyone that to be grateful for all that they have. Yes. We got our central air cut off and then cut back on a day later. and Then Jesus. It just reminds you. Look at God. Oh, okay. <laughs> All of the things. That's right. I was like pissed off the other day too. Cause I was like, man, the reason that we moved over here is mm-hmm. so that we can have AC and not have that fucking fan in one part of the house. Mm-hmm. So the whole, la- whole last summer, all I did was get high and just sit in one room because it was cold. <laughs> That's all I did all summer. Um, You're supposed to be from the south. Yeah, but we—I've ha- always had central air. <laughs> Even in my trailer, <laughs> we had central air. <laughs> I've never been in a situation like this, other than like basketball camp. Uh, I know plenty of people that don't have air conditioning. 
well, that's because you're from the north. Mm-hmm. You, what do you like? What do they, what do they call y'all? Scallywag, scally. Yankees. Yankees and like carpetbagger or something like that. What? Carpetbagger. I think that's the name for the North during the Civil War. Okay. I know way too much about the Civil, Civil War. War as a yeah. black man, probably. Mm-hmm. Lee surrendered at Grant. Where? I do know it, but you know. Appomattox. Just because of you. All right. Um, before we get into everything, uh, shout out to Jake Manning. He's one of the local comedians. He also runs a uh, podcast called How Did How Did This Get Booked? Um, I was on his podcast recently, so if you want to check it out and check out some of the stuff that we went over, go to HowDidThisGetBooked.com. That is HowDidThisGetBooked.com, and you'll hear me talk about amateur wrestling because that's what he does. He does well. He's a pro wrestler, so. We talk about wrestling and we watched a clip or a video of a bunch of different wrestling performances and I'm gonna tell you right now those are some crazy white people because I don't care how much you pay me no one's gonna throw me into barbed wire fences and that explode and rattlesnake where you gotta get your belt out like no thanks I'm good I'm all the way good on that I'll stand in front of strangers, I don't know in my underwear and tell jokes, but I'd be damned if I reach into a cage with a rattlesnake is. Yeah, that's some man stuff right there. That's no go. All right, well, on this episode, we wanted to talk about a particular movie that we watch on Netflix called Catching Feelings. Um, this movie is based in South Africa, I believe, Johannesburg. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about a professor, um, writer who is it is married to a journalist. To a journalist, um, they don't have any kids, and throughout the movie, uh, I guess it's it's uh it's credited as being a dark romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, throughout the movie, it seems like the professor, his name is Max, is going through what we would call a quarter life crisis it seems yeah he just seems like he's in quite the rut yeah he's reached a place in his career where he's unhappy with the results and the lack of respect because he feels like he doesn't get enough respect as being a professor at a college and a writer he's written a book Mm -hmm, that Um, did well but he hasn't written in a while he just seems pretty lost um at the beginning we meet him and his beautiful wife and beautiful wife they stunning you know they go out for his birthday and she seems just enthralled by him Mm -hmm. um you know he gets picked on by his brother who's really interesting character and you know they just he just seems really unhappy with life but his wife is really excited about him and their relationship and then you just see more and more and more that he is just depressed yeah, uh, as the show, as the movie goes on, he kind of starts spiraling little bit by little bit, day by day, increased drinking, increased like risky behavior. He does coke, um, but it's completely out of his character because when you look at the movie, and by the way, we're going to spoil the shit out of this movie. So if you thought that you were going to be able to listen to this and not be spoiled, we spoil movies. So go hit pause, go see the shit and then come back it's on netflix it's on netflix called catching feelings um 
but yeah, he does. He does coke. He's like about to have sex with one of his students. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it gets he gets a little too crazy out there. I I saw it more as it attributed to him being insecure. Yeah, and I mean the only thing he seemed like excited about at the beginning of the movie when he was just angry and sad about everything he he seemed he seemed to think that if he just impregnated his wife his life would be better mm. like he really wanted kids yeah didn't he want to leave that area too or did he want to stay there no he, well, she, he she wanted was... to stay in the suburbs mm-hmm. she wanted to move to the city a little bit more mm. that had been you know gentrified and he was not about that mm. okay she wanted to sell the house in the suburbs that cost too much he wanted to grow old there and have kids with kids. her. Yeah. And as much as she seemed to really like him and and was trying to make it work, yeah, she was definitely in love with him. Yeah. She um, she was very opposed to the idea of having kids and was not okay with the state they were in. Well, because it seemed like so. Here's the thing with dating career minded people is that we have to take into these things into account. And as a man, I've never thought about my career and my kids as being like something I got to think about both because I'll never have to carry kids or I never have to have that soul. Like I know I'll have the responsibility, but I always know in the back of my mind, like they have a mother or something like mm-hmm. that, which is inconsiderate to, especially if you have a partner and you just be like, you know, before we have children, like how do you see your career going with that? Like how mm-hmm. do you do both or balance? Like what are we going to do to, Make it work. Because some people are in fields where they can have children and bring kids to work and it's fine. But in other avenues, I think she was, was like a reporter or not journalist. journalist yeah. So, you know, depending on the type of journalism she wanted to do, like it requires a bit of traveling. and. Yeah, but it didn't seem like that was her main concern, not wanting to have kids. It seemed like she was vibrant and full of life and, yeah, you know, definitely. had a lot going on for her and wasn't really at the space she wanted to... Um, still be independent and move through the world and be excited about life and I think had he had a similar outlook they might have been more excited to bring children into the world but I think she was more focused on I don't want to be married to who you are right yeah, now no. and raise kids with I who definitely you are get right that. now I was like that with my ex I was like for the longest time I could not see myself with kids and then within like two months of us breaking up and me moving out i just thought i was like oh I, well i can have kids like it's i don't have an issue with having children it was just that person mm-hmm. like you didn't want to have that responsibility with mm-hmm. that person so i can definitely see where that comes from with her but yeah um but throughout the movie you see this guy who's just in such a rut mm-hmm. but has all these great friends and relationships around him yeah doesn't see any of it yeah it's it's a life that a lot of us would want you know you're Mm -hmm. a professor at a school and you know it looked like the students revered him and he had written and published a book beautiful very well known and i mean you know respected beautiful wife that is also talented and talks to you and it's not like (laughs) not just like a trophy wife or anything like that they look like they had like intimate discussions about life you know it looked like the 
you know, American dream or maybe the South African dream. <laughs> and yeah. that's just a but he was just such a hater about everyone and everything mm-hmm. and had really negative vibes about everything. So he really he really was mad how big his brother had gotten mm-hmm. from making like cheesy songs like he was like a rapper or something mm-hmm. like that and he started he's like well known and he was just very tore up about that cuz you know he's like he considers what he does is more substance than right. his brother being an entertainer so he had issues with that. He throughout the movie, he just had issues with his social status and his standing and how people perceived his social status. Um, I mean, even when they were introducing each uh, themselves him, himself to like other people, he would say that he hates when he says that he's a professor, and then people turn away or like, "Oh, this guy's boring" or something like and that. Broke. And broke. Um, but his friend says, well, you should just say you're a writer. Mm-hmm. Like, people think that's interesting because then they want to know what you write about and things. But then he goes, he gets into his head like, but I've only written one book and it hasn't done well or something like or that. Or I haven't written in a while. Yeah. I have nothing to talk about when they ask, oh, right. what are you working on now? Now, his friend, uh, Joel, Joel, he works at the college also as a professor. But instead of telling people that he's a teacher or a professor, he says he's an economist. Mm-hmm. Which sounds more interesting, I guess, than just professor. Right. Um, I'm not sure I do work or <laughs> used to work in academic world, but um, not that type. So I'm not sure like what comes off as more appealing to the masses. Economists. Yeah. When, when I think of economists, I just think of people who study money but don't actually have any. Mm. Kind of like people that work at a bank. Maybe. I don't know much about that. And we are a part of the, we're like the largest, second largest banking capital in the U.S. So there's a lot of people that see a lot of money, but don't have a lot. Mm-hmm. So the <laughs> so the movie starts out with this weird story about jealousy. Yeah. And oh, yeah. We chastity. missed that part. Yeah. Quiet rain. You want to tell this story? You can. So basically the story starts out. He's telling this fable. It seems like an old fable story of a man with horns. And he has gone off to battle or some somewhere. Well, he starts growing horns. Of jealousy. Of jealousy. Right. Thinking his wife is out here doing some things. Yeah. So he, when he returns, he returns to see his wife in a sexual position with another man basically getting plowed by another dude and he kills the dude with like a sword Mm -hmm. and then he locks up his wife's vagina with a chastity belt belt so that she can never stray away from him again Mm -hmm. and that's how this that's how the movie begins right which that's already a scarcity model, like, starting Definitely. off. And then you just kind of see how he has this beautiful, bubbly wife yeah. who loves him dearly and is fine with monogamy, but there's just no trust between them. He's so afraid of losing her that he's doing all these things that is forcing her away, like, it's pushing her away. Mm-hmm. And he's not, he's not working on himself at all. He's not being an interesting, better partner. Nope. He's 
drinking, spending all of their money, yeah. being just a sad, angry, melancholy man. It's, it's one of those things where people say they care about you so much, but then they their actions are just mm-hmm. completely different. It's like, if you cared about me so much, why would you just be so inconsiderate to me as a person? Like, forget yeah. that like, his wife is like, I have shared finances and you, I don't know what a thousand dollars is in... A thousand rand? Yeah, in Johannesburg, but that shit sounds like a lot <laughs> for one night of drinking and partying, you know, so... Whatever it is, they can't really afford it. Yeah, and then throughout the movie, he just keeps covering things up and just and it just keeps going. It just keeps spiraling. It's like at no point in the movie does he stop and thinks and say, maybe I should talk to my wife what I'm experiencing, how I feel, mm-hmm. or to anyone. I don't even think he talks to Joel about it in that way, does he? Not really. Uh, he talks to Joel about catching some feelings for that student of his. Yeah. Briefly. And I think the issue here, and this is the therapist talking, uh, he has no one to be vulnerable with. Like, if you can't be vulnerable with your wife and tell her what you're going through, and you can't be vulnerable with your, you know, best friend, which typically guys try to be vulnerable with other guys if if you feel close-knit enough, but mm-hmm. it's like he has no outlet. Yeah. So he's just in his head the whole time trying to figure it out or just waiting on the next best thing to bring him out of his rut and it's like yo like you really need to take a moment and be appreciative of everything you have and then whatever you want to do if you want to write a book or then make those steps to do it Mm -hmm. but don't bring down the rest of the area with you or dark cloud you know what I mean it was an interesting film because it was almost like talking about how Kids aren't going to fix our relationship or make it better, and neither marriage isn't going to protect you from the uncertainties of life either. Um, getting married, having a house in the suburbs, and making babies like does not make someone happy. You know, you need to be happy in your relationships for these things to fulfill you. And it was really interesting to see he just he put himself into the matrix, and he's like, "Why am I not happy?" And that's and I honestly and. You know, we talk about everything here, and you know, recently is, is Anthony Bourdain, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, rest in peace. Um, it was reported they committed suicide. Now, I made a joke about it. I was like, no, not a joke about suicide, but it's basically like this man had the best job any of us could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. He traveled and he ate food. <laughs> it's like that's like the. Those two things that, you know, especially at millennials, like, that's what we, you know, we fantasize about. And this guy was doing it, and he looked great and, like, and all these things. But the thing is, is, like, when you're in this matrix, it doesn't matter where you're at on that social status. Like, if you're not taking care of your mind and your body and checking in with yourself and just being thankful or or getting professional help or something like and I don't know Bourdain's like full story so I'm not going to assume that he wasn't trying to get help or anything like that but going just off of this episode that we watch with Catching Feelings it's like dude like you could have stopped the bleeding way earlier mm-hmm. way earlier if you just noticed like alright this is an issue you know and the warning signs were clearly there Yeah, but it wasn't until Mr. Haina Heine. Heine. Mm-hmm. Popped up into Max's life. 
would you like to describe Heine? So Heine Miller is a famous South African writer mm. that popped up on the scene and he's an older writer that is kind of lonely but out here partying and mm -hmm. he kind of takes Max in because Max is such a hater and yeah. Heine's used to people just being his yes men and fanboying all around him yeah. that he really kind of likes Max's vibe. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of weird friends that don't really like each other. They're like competitive friends or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Heine well, really... Heine doesn't have an issue with Max. It's Max has the issue with Heine. True, and Heine's not bothered by that. Yeah, he's not bothered. Because he sees that maybe it's just Max's issue. He's like, here, I'm out here living my life. Yeah. I'm not going to apologize for leaving South Africa. I'm not going to apologize for partying my life away and writing and being famous. Um, yeah. He was making no apologies from what's been written about him. It says, you know, you, about fleeing the country and having all these different type of sexual in, uh, encounters and stuff. Like he's like, yeah, it's all true. Like I'm not making any, uh, I'm not making any excuses for my behavior. It's like I got one life to live. I'm gonna live it how I want to live it, and the rest of y'all can go fuck yourselves because. Just because I'm a writer or an academic person doesn't mean that I, I live this square life. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe Max is jealous of that because he's unable to be himself, it seems. Mm. And here's this white man talking about race and things that go on in South Africa. And he's able to have all this access to the world. And he's written books that even his friend Joel wants to get a signature you know and he's just he's just kind of salty kind of like he is about his brother just really yeah. salty that he feels like he has better ideas but doesn't act on them and one of the reviews that I read it put really it put it all together where it's like Max is the dude that um, talks a lot of woke shit but doesn't actually do woke shit mm -hmm. you know because the white dude was the dude that was was had access into the hoods of Johannesburg and was in there and talking to different people because, you know, he put theory with practice and and hung out with people that wasn't necessarily of a higher social class, and that's that's typically what makes a cultured person a cultured person, right? Right. Like if you have access to higher or lower income levels or social status, like you don't just hang out where you're comfortable at. You go to where you're uncomfortable and you learn. Yeah. And I think it was also frustrating to watch this movie where these people are complaining about money constantly, but they are in this big-ass house that yeah. looks beautiful. They're traveling. They are have these fancy jobs where it seems like they can take off when they want to. They don't seem to be really struggling. I mean, they're not comfortable financially, but they are definitely more... They're definitely not even, I don't know, lower class or working poor. They're successful yeah. middle-class people. Right. They definitely have this a status where most people will be like, just shut the fuck up. Like, you're stop, fine. Yeah, stop, stop spending your whole paycheck at the bar. Yeah. I don't know what your problem is. You know? Um, and as someone who's lived a life of, like, paycheck to paycheck and been in situations where we've lost a house and, like, we've lived in trailers and stuff like that, you know, so I'm always thankful for when I can just... Like, I have air conditioning. I'm thankful for that. 
am I going to stop there and stop striving for things in life or stop uh, trying to better myself? No, but I'm always going to be thankful for the position I'm at because you can always be in a worse situation where you don't have any of those things and then you got a bad attitude about it. Yeah. So. And just think about all the things that they had in the movie that they weren't thankful for at all. Oh, yeah. Like, we don't think that... I mean, if we could close our eyes right now and open them and we're in a mansion, we we understand that, like, would it be nice? Sure, but I don't think it would make us that much happier. No. And I think that's why people have to find happiness where they're at now so that when they do get to where they want to get, it's like a it's like a streamline of happiness. It was like, oh, yeah, well, I knew I was going to be here, but, you know, I'm not... I, this doesn't make or break me. Mm. Like, if all this gets taken away and I go back to where I... I was like I'm still fine because I was fine when I was there yeah you know and then throughout this movie there was all these themes of happiness Mm. and relationships so Max was obsessed with the idea of his wife cheating on him or wanting to go off with Heine right now a very important note Heine during an orgy uh, got a heart attack Mm -hmm. and needed to be kind of watched and not live alone and need to make sure he takes his meds so Heine moves in with Max and Sam which is uh, Max's wife Sam Um, and during that time I think Max was supposed to go out of town for Mm -hmm. business I can't remember exactly for what like a conference or something to speak to speak and meanwhile what's going through Max's mind is that oh Sam's gonna fuck Heine because mm-hmm. he's fun and interesting and she's not happy with him and and she's so social and yeah right. fun and all that to the point where Max actually gets Joel to go to the a bar that Sam and one of her friends are at to kind of spy on them to see what they're doing and what's every how how the night is going and things like that so he's really jealous at this point he's really yeah he just kind of goes crazy and then max has these interesting conversations with his friends and then later on eventually his wife um and also heina and just talk like just talking about happiness and his jealousy but very abstractly Mm -hmm. Uh, at one point he's speaking to a friend who he was Max was just the best man at his wedding two months ago and this guy is out with another woman and Max is like pissed like what are you doing I was just at your wedding yeah. and the guy just goes call my wife right now she's happy I promised on my wedding day to make her happy call her right now she's happy um, and he's like what do you mean so she knows about you guys and like the guy kind of brushes him off but he's like listen like we had an agreement to make each other happy yeah. And I'm fulfilling that and we are all good. Yeah. And he even goes so far as to say that he has all this love in his heart. His <laughs> cup is like overflowing. It's so full. Like, why would he just let it spill onto the floor? It was hilarious. That sounds like a poly dude right there. You know? <laughs> it was just so cute. Like, I have all this love to give. Yeah. My wife's happy and fulfilled. Why not? Yeah. No. Yeah. Definitely. It was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, I wish we could, re- we probably could, but it just takes so long to research who, who that actor was, but, 
Um, that was a funny part of the movie because it seemed like... Because marriage and monogamy doesn't have to be so hard. Like, I just think if people just open up conversations, like, you don't have to necessarily open up your relationship. Just be able to talk to your partner. Like, so many people aren't able to talk to their partner about desires or things like that. Like, there, other things exist. Other people exist. I'm sorry. Like, I, I get it. You want to be the apple of my eye and oh i only want you Mm -hmm. it's like that doesn't translate to anything else in the world that people want or desire true when's the last time you someone was like oh i only want this one thing nothing else ever again yeah it just doesn't it's not practical and it was just so interesting because max is like so blind to everything in his life that's going well i mean his wife trying to have sex with him and she's just like when's the last time we had sex sober Mm. we haven't had sex sober in a while and Mm. max kind of brushes her off like oh i like drunk sex or i like high sex or whatever it is Mm. and it's just like that's definitely a it's a warning sign right there warning sign for sure if you got to get drunk or high to have sex with your spouse warning (laughs) warning (laughs) i'm gonna say warning warning But yeah, they're just not in a good space. And she can feel it, but she's trying to push through. Um, And he's just spiraling further and further and doing more and more disrespectful things. Mm -hmm. And not trusting her and not talking to her and trying to lock her away. And not talking to this human being who's very intelligent and very um, interested in engaging with him. And he doesn't bring any of this up to her. He just kind of sneaks around trying to watch her. Yeah, Just, which uh, to me is also disrespectful because mm-hmm. it's like you have a wife that is seem like intelligent enough to process these things and not necessarily like she doesn't look like someone who just you know the typical black woman just goes off of emotions and just you can't talk to or something like that so you have someone there that can walk through you with like y'all pride yourselves on being this like academic intellectual couple so talk about it yeah you know talk about it in a way that now is it gonna hurt is it gonna i'm not saying it's gonna be an easy conversation but it's something you have to talk about because when you're living a lie or you're trying to hold stuff in it just creates chaos even if you think it isn't you think that you're hiding it it's almost like drinking. Like, if you think you're drinking, my drinking doesn't bother people. But when you're you're late for stuff, he was late for things, or he didn't show up to certain events yeah. for her. It was like, it was like, dude, you gotta, you gotta check in. It's crazy. He drives himself absolutely crazy. Yeah. To the point where he he flies back early, misses like a work engagement, speaking engagement, to try to catch um, Sam mm-hmm. in the act with Haina. Heine, mm-hmm. and he ends up like locking himself out of his apartment, and damn, he man. spent all this money on this crazy flight, and just, and she ends up finding his shoe that he had left when he tried to jump the wall to get into his house, and she's just pissed. Which leads me to my next thought because there's a spot in the movie mm-hmm. where there's a, I don't even say it's heated, but it's an argument. Right? They're talking. And what does Sam do? She throw, she pulls her hand back 
and slaps the shit out of Max. Yes, she does. Which is assault. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yet, no one misses a beat in the movie. Keeps on going. Well, they're alone in their house. Yes. So, by definition, that was what? Domestic violence. That is domestic violence. Okay. Yes. I just want to make sure do you that... Want, do you want the, the uproar? I would like that woman to be arrested. Okay. Because... I've, if he would have slapped her, that we would have that would have changed our whole narrative about him even more. Mm-hmm. We were like, this guy's a monster. Mm-hmm. But because she was upset, so she slapped him. Cause, and everyone's like, yeah, he deserved it. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I'm not saying men's rights, but I'm saying men's rights on that one. Mm-hmm. Just that one. I'm not saying it for everything. I'm just saying Yeah, they get into a heated argument. Yeah. I mean, it shouldn't have gotten physical, but it did. And it ended right there, you know. Yeah. He didn't seem too bothered by it. It's true. I'm just, you know, I'm just stirring the pot here. Yeah. I just want a better society where I can have an argument with a woman and not have to watch for her left hook. True. Um... That's that's nearing the end of the spiral of the movie. Near uh, the ending of the spiral. Then my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> my very favorite. And I'm going to fuck it up, so I'm not even going to try to say it word for word. But uh, Hena and Sam, no, Max meet up. And they are walking on the campus together. Yeah. And Max just comes out and confronts Hena. And he's like, hey, man, like. Did you fuck my wife? I talked to my wife. She says y'all didn't do anything, but I need to hear it from you. Like, did you fuck my wife? And Hena, he's so... He's like a prophet, you know? He's like a philosopher. And so he tells him initially, he's like, dude, I would never do do anything like that to you. You're my friend. Like, I wouldn't have sex with your wife. And then you could see Max's, like, demeanor, like, kind of mellow out. Just kind of like, whew. It's like, all right. And then Hena flips on him. He's like, well, I am getting old and my memory's not good. So maybe I did have sex with her. And then, like... Max is just like, what the fuck? He's ready to hit him. Yeah, Max is ready to, like, you know, to to hit him and, like, is really upset. And then that's when Hannah's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, what happened just now? Because when I told you that we didn't, then you... Believed me. Believed me. Your your wife had said it, and then I said it. That's what you want to hear, so believe that part. Mm-hmm. Don't believe, you know... The other part. And then and he was like, like, I just, then, want, to I just want to know the truth. And then Hano's like, it doesn't matter. Like, and it was just really like. Choose the truth you want. <laughs> right. Choose the truth you want. I was like, holy shit. That was like the most poetic shit I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> like, Very you know? existential. Oh, right. because he said it doesn't. It, it doesn't exist except for in your mind. And mm-hmm. it, it's just, they're just words. Right. I'm just telling you words. Either right. I did or I didn't. You weren't there. Yeah. You'll never know. Right. <laughs> it's still <so> true. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing about it. It's, a, it's such a mind fuck. Yeah. That it's like, damn, like, you're, you're really right. Like, I should let this go. You said no. My wife said no. And that's honestly when that's all you can go off of. Yeah. You know? Um, and then I guess as the conversation went on, Heine 
kept like saying like oh this is like he was very just like third eye with it he just like oh this is interesting look at you like you're so angry and then like um finally like like max like just punches him in the face and then uh that's when all the students kind of come around to security guard takes security guard takes him away and shit like that and it was just like a a moment where you know i was like damn so like the last scene that we watched a lady slapped him in the face and then he goes and like punches this guy in the face um on campus and you see the reaction is this i don't know i find those things interesting yeah kind of like with the ray rice mm-hmm. thing like ray rice said he punched his wife in the elevator and the nfl was like all right two game suspension and then we see a video of it and we're just like oh shit Two seasons. <laughs> it's like what? Like, I gotta told you. Like it's like, yeah. It's, I don't know. I don't know what the what it is with the world in that. Well, and where was that anger coming from? Like he just wanted a place to put his emotions because throughout the whole movie he can't handle his emotions. He can't talk to Sam mm-hmm. about it. He's just spiraling. Yeah. He's just drinking them away. And then when he's confronted with the reality of his life at the end. He's still not figuring out how to process it. He still no. just wants to hit Heine. It's like, dude, this is your shit. This is all your shit. All yours. Then the movie ends and him and his wife take a break. Yeah, it looks like they're taking a break and she's moving away. Um... Which was very interesting and very weird. Like, there's no... Yeah, there's no follow-up with all that. There's... Yeah, there's no... Well, did they go to therapy? Like, what's... I don't know. It leaves you with so many questions. But I had some stuff written down uh, that I thought... Did I have some stuff written down? Where's the show notes? Um, well, basically... What I got from this is what we've always been preaching is like if you love something or someone, you can't put a cage around it. Mm. You can't put a cage on love. Mm-hmm. You have to just let it love freely and hope that it stays for as long as it you're lucky enough for it to, to stay around. But mm-hmm. you can't love someone by manipulation and checking to make sure that they still love you or are you giving a love away to someone else Mm -hmm. and that person that fell in love with you and got that house in the suburbs with you and Mm -hmm. the one that you talked to about raising kids in that house they're not just going to stay there forever while you spiral and drink and stop writing and stop creating and stop being the person that they met they're not just going to sit there like you can't freeze time and this person's going to love you the same forever just because you made vows so with ending all of this how would you close this up wrap this up give some advice for those out there who see themselves as max or or someone similar to him as far as like having issues with love in this way pay attention to how well you're taking care of yourself if you start drinking all the time and your partner or wife says hey you've been drunk every day this week is anything wrong Mm. you should probably take that a little seriously and be Mm -hmm. like hey I need to work on 
on myself. If you find yourself crazy jealous at someone else and you're mad at everyone, turn that inward a little bit and figure out what the hell's going on with you. Yeah. And if you're a man, process your emotions. Seek help. You know, I would wrap it up with something very similar. Just saying, um, if you love someone so much that it scares you of them not being around or leaving you or not being in your life, let that be known. But then, but also let them know that, you know, continue to live your life. I'll be okay. Yeah, like, if something happens and we have to break up I'll be hurt but you know people are gonna people we're we're always in transient we're always changing mm-hmm. change is always happening so you can't just get so tied to how this person is right now because that person is going to change yeah they're going to develop and the person that they are developing as you might not see them the same it's like oh it's kind of like my love with Kanye like I just wish he would stay the same, mm-hmm. but he's he's developing to someone that I can't I can't support, and it it hurts, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So instead of just being so angry at him, I just choose the love from who he used to be, and like as he is is now, I let him be him. That's not for me, but you know what? You do you, <laughs> I do me. And we'll we'll have a a fruitful relationship in that way. It's less I'm not carrying around as much anger. Yeah. So But check out Catching Feelings on Netflix. Let us yes. know what you think. Let us know what you think. Um We have a hard time coming up with episode topics, so it would help us out a lot if you all could comment or email us at queencitypoly at gmail.com. That is queencitypoly at gmail.com. You can give us some topics. You can give us some questions to ask on the next episode. Um, You can give us some feedback on what we can do to improve the podcast. Um, Anything... Any and everything is greatly appreciated. Again, please um, share the podcast with people you think that would benefit from it. Uh, Please, if you're on any other platforms, subscribe and um, write a review. Um, Those help us out a lot um, in the coming. So it'll be Wednesday. Hopefully we'll be on Stitcher and Spotify by the time this comes out. Um, so be on the lookout on our Instagram account for um, those announcements. But anything else before we wrap up? Have a good rest of your week. You're almost there. You're almost there. Almost there. You just, you know, plow through it. Hump day. Hump day. All right. Well, peace out, everyone. Hope you enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs>